News, politics, entertainment, and more. Welcome to the Informant. Independent talk, pursuing truth, informing everyone. Now, here is the Informant, Eric Thompson. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome to The Informant. My name is Eric Thompson, and I am The Informant. I'm here Monday through Friday to dig a little deeper into some of the things that you're hearing talked about on the news because there is so much going on that it drives me crazy sometimes. So just to try to simplify things, I put on uh, Trump is my president shirt. Now, I am a conservative independent. I have been supporting the president simply because as a conservative independent, most of his policies that he's pushing go to my worldview. So that's why today I am proud that President Trump is my president. If he does anything that I don't agree with, then I'll be one of the first people to say that. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to the website, the-informant.com. You can see social media links, email, everything else. And if you want to um, post on social media, I'll take a look at those after the show because I do want to know are, am I getting the information that you're looking for to you? Or am I covering the subjects or are there subjects that are in my blind spot that I need to know about so I can look into those for you? Today isn't one of them. Today, the rat is on the hill. Who is the rat? Well, there's a guy named Cohen, Michael Cohen, who was President Trump's, and let's see, what's a nice way to say this? Um, kind of his dirty guy. He... He would do the things that unscrupulous people would do for money. And it's part of President Trump's prior to being president years, his years as a developer and a lascivious lifestyle. And he would do things that made it difficult for a lot of us to get behind his campaign when he was running for president. So I was a Ted Cruz supporter. But Michael Cohen would, would happily take the $400,000 a year salary and then it got cut and then he would be responsible for, well, if President Trump slept with the woman and had an affair, then Cohen would have to go pay a newspaper off or pay the lady to not say anything. So the rat was happy until the rat got caught by the government for doing his own personal illegal affairs dealing with finances and tax returns and hiding things. So they said, well, you know, hey, Cohen, since um, there's a coup attempt against President Trump, if you'll just kind of talk a lot about what you saw and if you think there's anything that could possibly be racist, now what that has to do with this, nothing. But if there's anything you could, like little sugar on top, little things that you could add, why don't you go ahead and do that? Well, I'm going to start here. Um, there's an article here. It's uh, f uh, highlighted on Drudge, NBC News. And here is a little video explaining what's going on the next two or three days up on Capitol Hill. 
Bill today. His appearance, the first of three this week, will be behind closed doors before the Senate Intelligence Committee. That's the committee he lied to when he first testified on the Hill 18 months ago. Cohen and the president were once so close he said he'd take a bullet for Mr. Trump. But after flipping on his former boss last year, today there are signs Cohen could reveal more damaging information, including the possibility of criminal conduct by the president. This morning, President Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, begins a three-day marathon of testimony on Capitol Hill, including intense questioning focused on his former boss. A source with knowledge of what to expect this week says Cohen will address what he perceives to be criminal conduct by the president since he took office. Mr. Trump's financial statements, potentially including details about his tax returns and his involvement in possible campaign violations, including hush money payments to Stormy Daniels over their alleged affair, which Mr. Trump denies. Nothing will be off limits in the two closed door sessions slated for today and Thursday. Democrats say one focus that June 2016 meeting between campaign officials and a Russian attorney. Cohen also expected to be grilled on his previous false statements about working on building a Trump Tower in Moscow well into the campaign. The president has consistently insisted there was no wrongdoing. Everybody knew about it. It was written about in newspapers. It was a well-known project. Cohen's attorney, Lanny Davis, giving his own preview. There are a couple of things that he'll say that he heard Donald Trump say behind closed doors about black people, that people, even his supporters, will say, yep, that's Trump. Asked about it recently, the president appearing unfazed. Do you have any concerns about Michael Cohen's testimony? No, Congress no, no. no. Lawyer client, but uh, you know, he's taking his own chances. The president's former so called fixer was sentenced in December to three years in prison for financial crimes and lying to Congress. Now, as he prepares to head back to Capitol Hill, Cohen facing skeptical lawmakers. He's already lied to Congress once. Now, I know he says he's been born again and all of that, but I don't know how you separate facts, fact from fiction with Mr. Cohen. And that's the point right there. The Republicans are likely going to say that Cohen has a big credibility problem. He lied to Congress in the past. So what's Cohen saying about that? There's no doubt about that, Hoda. Look, Cohen's credibility issues will be under a microscope. But when he flipped on the president, Cohen said... Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's a liar. Yes, he, he's, uh, he's going to get called out. And yes, he's lied to Congress before. But, but this time... This time he's going to come to Congress and he's going to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Cohen is a rat. He does dirty work. He takes money from people and um, besides President Trump in the past. Whatever he had to do, he would do if, as long as he got paid. So he's going to go up there the next two or three days. Well, yeah, I lied about uh, the Russian attempted attempt to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. I lied about that. And I lied about giving money to hush money. And I lied about this. But President Trump said that black people were not that smart. And he, he thought they did dumb things. So you must listen to me now because I am revealing the real dirt on President Trump. What this boils down to is that the special prosecutor is trying to say that President Trump, who funded his own campaign, he used his own money, broke campaign finance laws by giving or paying 
for a prostitute or whatever you want to call her, a porn star and another model that, that he had Cohen pay them to not tell the media, the National Enquirer, etc., about the affairs during the campaign. Now, campaign finance laws prevent you from taking donations from people and then using them for things outside the campaign. President Trump used his own money and through his attorney who paid the women and then he was reimbursed. They're trying to say that President Trump broke campaign finance laws and then what? That's it. That's what this comes down to, except by doing this, then they can say, well, uh, we need your tax returns now. The the Democratic uh, controlled house and their committees intelligence committee can say well you know since you were paying people and stuff uh, maybe we should uh, get more of more information more of your tax returns that you don't want to give another article here from the Wall Street Journal um, because this is the big story today Cohen to testify that Trump engaged in criminal conduct while in office now, you probably know that President Obama got fined heavily for campaign finance law violations, but no discussion at all about any jail time or problems for him. He just had a billion dollars in the bank that paid a $350,000 fine, and they went on, but not this time. This, says, uh, pre- uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. President's ex-lawyer to tell White House committee he witnessed Trump's lies racism and cheating role in hush payments as a person familiar with his plans. Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney will publicly for the first time accuse the president of criminal conduct while in office related to hush money paid to a quote unquote porn star, a prostitute, a whore, a person familiar with this plan, plan testimony before Congress appearing on Wednesday before the house oversight committee. Cohen will also make, public some of Trump's private financial statements and alleged that President Trump at times inflated or deflated his net worth for business and personal purposes. Who cares? Oh, but he included avoiding paying property taxes. Hmm. Sure he did. So Cohen's basically, can I get out of jail? What can I do? What do I have to say? What what, what statements can do I need to report? An article here from Breitbart also, Michael Cohen will testify Trump broke the law while president. And the same thing, according to the Wall Street Journal, which I just quoted, um, they're going to try to say that President Trump used his money that came out of the campaign finance fund and was used to pay off the women, which is not a direct campaign cost, which is a violation of the law. And President Trump should get in trouble. Then you get into the whole argument of, well, you cannot, a Department of Justice has already decided over the years that you cannot indict a sitting president, so then they would try to wait till he got out of office and blah, blah, blah. So you're going to hear a lot about it. It's going, to be, it's going to revive the story. Trump, President Trump hid the Russia. He had, a, he had Don Jr. and Kushner meet with a Russian at Trump Tower, and they were going to figure out how the the Russians could help President Trump get elected. And in return, he was going to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. And then this happened, and then this. And and while that's going on, 
the women who could expose him for being uh, unethical were being paid off in violation of campaign finance rules. What a filthy, unqualified person. There you go. The clue, the, the coup, it's the part of the coup. So what, what's going to happen, I believe, is that Cohen's going to go, he's going to testify. The Democrats are going to say, oh, no, oh, no, we need your tax returns, uh, Trump. We need this, we need this, because we need to see where the money went, because Cohen just said that you're, you avoided paying taxes, property taxes, and you were paying hush money. And we have a right to know that now, because a lying, deceitful scumbag who lied already to, already to Congress one time is now saying he's telling the truth and you happen to be the person that he's telling the truth about. Station identification, you're watching the informant on the range and on Megabook and on Spreely and all over the place. Thank you for watching. My name is Eric Thompson. If you're just starting to watch, please check me out, the-informant.com or download the range app so you can listen to my show, Jeremy Hansen's show, and Wayne Dupree, etc., the range, so rangebroadcasting.com. Okay. What what's happening here is that that and I'm gonna go over a thing here with McCabe. The coup is coming to an end. I mean it's it's been happening slowly. But McCabe, who was the assistant um, deputy uh, attorney general or the uh, FBI director, so he he wrote a book now because he's a liar and he's been convicted of lying to Congress, but nothing happened to him or accused at least. So the the FBI, as Eric Holder's Department of Justice was telling them what they could and could not do when the, when the Obama was in office for Hillary server, is is writing that well we we didn't want to tell anybody that we were secretly spying on Trump as candidate Trump. Because it would alert them. Well, Strzok said, "No, no, no. We're, we're not privately. Uh, we're not. We, the FBI wasn't doing illegal surveillance of the Trump campaign." Well, the article here from Breitbart, Andrew McCabe, undermines Democrat talking point that FBI not biased against Trump. Hmm. Who's the tr Lisa Page? Did she tell the truth? Peter Strzok, did he tell the truth? Or Andrew McCabe or Cohen or Comey? Well, actually, they all lied, and it's provable. This says Andrew McCabe, the disgraced former acting FBI director, described in his new book how so the so-called Russia collusion investigation into pre uh, President Donald Trump was pursued quietly as not to damage the probe itself by tipping off sources or targets. McCabe's statements undermine the talking point espoused by notably by ex-FBI agent Peter Strzok, who repeatedly claimed that the fact that the Russia probe was not leaked to the news before the media or before the election was evidence of his own integrity. No, it's because they didn't want to tip people off. Strzok's argument has been parroted frequently by some of the news media and many Democratic politicians in order to claim the FBI under leadership of McCabe and James Comey was not biased against Trump. In his anti-Trump book titled The Threat, How the FBI protect, Protects America in the Age of Terror and Trump, McCabe explained why the FBI investigation was, as he put, pursued quietly. Unlike the Clinton investigation, which was inevitably public from the very start, and, and in that sense, out of the ordinary for FBI, the Russian investigation was pursued quietly as 
virtually all bureau cases are for principal reasons. There would have been little the bureau could say, or even if saying little were not bureau policy, much of what we knew was based on intelligence that could not be revealed without damaging sources or, or alerting unfriendly actors to their existence. Going public would have impeded the investigation itself. McKay further wrote that alerting the public that the investigation would have done the Russians bidding for them. There was also a political issue which President Obama and his advisors had to wrestle with. Sounding the alert in the middle of a national election when the full picture was not fully yet known could be perceived as an attempt to sway the electorate. At the very least, it would have been caused widespread confusion and dismay doing the Russians' work for them. Stung by the release of the anti-Trump text messages, Strzok used the opening statement of his recent testimony to tout one extraordinary important piece of evidence supporting my integrity, the integrity of the FBI and our lack of bias. The FBI's probe in a rushing meddling focused in part on President Trump's campaign was initiated in July 2016, but was not revealed officially to the public till after the election took place. On and on and on. So, President Trump's been tweeting like crazy, disgraced FBI acting director uh, Andrew McCabe pretends to be a portal angel when in fact he was a big part of the crooked Hillary scandal and Russian hoax. A puppet for leaking James Comey's IG report on McCabe was devastating. Part of insurance policy in case I won. It, it's kind of it's the end. It's kind of winding down now. And I'm hoping that when this is done and the Mueller report is turned over and Barr says, okay, here it is, and there's nothing, that another special prosecutor will be put in place to then go back to the Clintons, go back to Obama, Susan Rice, go back to all of them, Comey, Clapper, because there was a, another article that came out here from the Daily Caller, and now listen to this. Okay, so you have McCabe talking about how they were sneaking around, leaking stuff, and Strzok saying, no, the integrity of me and the FBI is we didn't leak anything. But why why didn't anything happen to Hillary Clinton, who intentionally set up an illegal email server so she could hide information, who was involved in Benghazi, who was involved with paying for the dossier? Why... How how was she not prosecuted? Very simple. So, article here, report. Department of Justice told the FBI, Eric Holder's Department of Justice told FBI to ignore gross negligence as the reason to charge Clinton's over emails. Remember the U.S. code that they, that they referenced? That was a direct reason for one of the codes on why you have to charge somebody for violating the law, okay? This article says the U.S. Department of Justice reportedly instructed the FBI to ignore, quote, gross negligence, unquote, as a reason for charging former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton for her use of the private email server to conduct classified government business. The direction might have enabled the DOJ to ensure a favorable outcome for the FBI's investigation into Clinton's email. The Epic Times reported Monday regarding private testimony it has obtained. So here's the things we have to only find out through digging. 
Private congressional testimony discussed on email, an email reportedly sent from a nameless individual in the FBI General's Counsel Office to uh, Bill Priestap, the Bureau's Assistant Director of Counterintelligence. So there's an email sent from a nameless person from the Department of Justice over to FBI's General Counsel's Office. The correspondence, the Department of Justice is telling the FBI. It says, available statutes for prosecuting the former Secretary of State, unquote. And these did not include gross negligence, even though the U.S. Code said that this would be the justification for prosecuting her, according to the Epic Times. Robert Breitenbach, who was then the House Majority Counsel, expressed bewilderment that the gross negligence was not included in the reasons for charging Clinton, while the same criterion was utilized to issue a search warrant to gather information in the Clinton investigation. So we could get a warrant with it, but when it's time to actually do the determination on what should happen, not cannot be used to make the determination. Priestop replied that he could not say who sent the email or why the phrase DOJ not willing to charge this was inserted in the instructions. Former FBI Director Comey, who testified before Congress, said he did not believe that there was sufficient reason to charge Clinton, later admitted at a, 2000, a July 2016 news conference that someone of less political stature than the First Lady might be charged. Gah. Uh, how, okay. Well, how do you... It, does it frustrate you as much as it frustrates me that we have two different justice systems in America. So the, the, the code says that gross negligence should be, should be used if someone violates government protocol, protocols and laws on purpose. Gross negligence would be justification for indicting them. The Department of Justice, though, even though they use gross negligence to start the investigation, tells the FBI you cannot use gross negligence. In other words, it's not in a list of things you can consider when making determination because we're going to determine in the end. Loretta Lynch at this time is now the attorney general. I actually forgot. Yeah, she came. She was actually running the show then. She was. She basically was going to, she said, I'm going to, even though I met with her, uh, Hillary's husband on the tarmac at the airport during the investigation, I'm going to kind of to go with what the FBI says. Well, the Department of Justice emailed to the FBI to determine if they could pursue a case against Clinton, said, uh, you can use any of these reasons. And then the attorney says, but what about gross negligence? Nope. So Comey comes out, oh, well, no reasonable prosecutor would be able would prosecute the case. Later on, he says, well, if there's anybody in not such a high position, they, pro they possibly could have been. How? Well, because the deep state is protecting the Clintons and the Obamas and Susan Rice and uh, Strzok and Page and a Clapper and Comey and, and McCabe and all of them. Just a few of them had to be had to take the hit. McCabe had to take the hit. Struck had to take the hit. Page, I think, retired, or you know, she's kind of weaselled her way out of it. 
So here we sit. The rat is up on D.C. trying to say that President Trump did this, this, and this. He's a pathological liar. He's been taking dirty money. Republicans see it. The Democrats think, well, this is great. We really don't care if he's a pathological liar. We're going to bring him up anyway to testify. Then we're going to give him credibility. And then we're going to say, well, now we need more financial records from the president because of this new information confirmed by this man of integrity, Michael Cohen. So you'll hear about it all over the news today. So Clinton was hidden by the Department of Justice by tying the hands of the FBI. But now you're going to have a liar up on Capitol trying to say that President Trump could possibly be pursued because he used his own money to pay hush money. Yuck. Dirty, nasty, nasty stuff. I don't like it. But when we get back, we're going to dive into some other stuff. So thank you for joining me. My name is Eric Thompson. I am the informant here on The Range. shooting up the Baptist church. Every one of those shots to me represented one of my neighbors, one of my friends. And I ran as fast as I could. Immediately, he came out of the church shooting at me. He hit the truck in front of me, hit the car behind me, hit the house behind me. And I hit him. He had an AR-15, but so did I. And it's not the gun, it's the heart. It's a, it's a matter of the heart. I'm, I'm not the bravest man in the world or anything, but I was here. I was here and I could do something. And I had to do something. Hey, thank you for staying with me. This is the informant on the range. So much more to cover, guys. We're going to go over 
kind of the plan here for the Democrats to try to steal 18 and Ocasio and everything else. So if you're just joining, thank you for watching. This is the Informant on the Range. Make sure you download the Range app if you haven't done so from the iTunes store, from the Apple store, or the Play store, Google Play store, and tell everybody to come over and watch the show. Okay. So all the muck is going up on D.C., the rats. We know about Michael Cohen now, and we know about McCabe and the lying and all the deep stuff. But let, let's look kind of going forward now. There's a lot of stuff that's happening with the collapse of the culture because of the education system, because of the judicial activism. So let's, let's start to look at 2020, and there's some things that really drive me really insane and i don't like to yell at a camera so i'm probably more angry than what i'm going to show you right now but uh here we go here is what the left is do the left needs to do is to make sure that people can vote illegally that legal aliens can vote and there's even a plan to even bypass the electoral college system Let's start with the voter ID. North Carolina passed law. They modified their state constitution that said if you're going to if you're going to vote in North Carolina, you're going to need to show a voter ID. Yeah, you need to show a picture. We want to make sure in North Carolina that you're not voting for somebody else. That you're not voting multiple times. Not like in you know a lot of states where they they caught thousands of people that. If their aunt died or their mom was sick, whatever, they would just keep showing up. Oh, darn it, I forgot my ID, but I want to vote. Okay, well, you know, absentee, just need to know Social Security number, a little bit of information, vote. Now the person voted twice, then three times. If the absentees came in the mail, vote, vote, vote. Okay, voted four times. I'm the only one that voted because no ID was required and I was able to do it through the mail. So North Carolina said, well, we're, you know, we want to have some integrity. So we're going to just simply ask someone to provide an ID, just like if they wrote a check somewhere, if they wanted to go into a government building, if they wanted to get a welfare payment, you have to have ID. Well, a judge strikes down this North Carolina voter ID that was voted in and okayed by the voters. This is from Gary Robertson from AP News. Raleigh, North Carolina, a North Carolina judge on Friday voided. <laughs> ah, listen to this. Voided new state mandates requiring photo identification to vote and also limiting income tax rates. He ruled the GOP-controlled legislature lacked authority to put those constitutional amendments on the ballot because lawmakers had been elected from racially based districts two years earlier. Wake County Superior Judge Brian Collins sided with the state NAACP, which argued that General Assembly was illegally constituted because federal judges had declared the district maps used in 2016 legislative, legislative elections illegal racial gerrymandering. So, what they've done is even though the people in the state, most people in the United States that are actually reasonable people believe it's not an it's not a a unethical or any an, a um it's not an, an, an it's not a non logical or a a it's just 
it's so dumb it's hard to put it into words. Most people think that you should be able to you should be required to show an ID when you vote just so everybody gets one vote and it's easy to verify. So it should it's not it, it's not a it's not a racist thing to ask for an ID. It's not a hateful thing. We're not trying to restrict people from voting. It's simply saying you need an ID just like you need an ID to write a check. So because North Carolina passed that, the NAACP who are is a democratic front they basically went to court saying well some of the some of the house members that had that brought this up for a vote came from counties and districts that another court said that the the maps drawn for them to be elected to represent the people of the county that gerrymandering had had taken place and that 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 the maps were drawn to not represent the people accurately so they would have not have been in office and because they would not have been in office they would not have been able to put this on the the ballot for the people to vote to modify the constitution to require an id so you must throw out the voted on constitutional amendment to the north carolina state constitution and a judge said okay Yes, we're going to go ahead and override all of this because of it. We're going we're to go ahead and, and say, yeah, uh, let's see. A Republican legislative leader is flabbergasted by the decision vowed to appeal quickly and seek to delay the judge's decision. In earlier legal uh, arguments last summer, lawyers for the GOP leaders sued by the NAACP said the addition of the General Assembly that put the amendments on the bill was a lawful governing body they also pointed out that the federal judge allowing the 2016 elections to proceed under the maps at issue. Well, when you have just like up in the just like when you have up with the hierarchs, you know, when you have Hillary didn't get charged, but somebody of a lesser stature would. One judge says you can go ahead and do the 2016 elections with the maps that were drawn and requiring an ID. So the election took place. The same maps now, a different judge says, nope, the constitutional amendments, think about it, the state constitutional amendments, one judge, because he thought that the districts should have been drawn differently, says, change the constitution. One judge, state, changed the state constitution. Why? Because the left has judges in place through Obama and Clinton that are activists like Ginsburg on the Supreme Court, Sotomayor, Breyer. They're not looking at the law. They're not looking at, they don't look at things logically. They look at things, how do we stop, how do we stop the, the Republicans? How do we stop the system from requiring people to be actual citizens, verified citizens with IDs, because we can't let that happen because we need their illegal votes to win. What do you think about that? It's 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 extremely frustrating for me because then try to see what we have to do is we have to look at America where it is, where it's going. It's not going the right way. It's not. And I'm when I show you the colleges and some of the videos, it's it's even Feinstein the hyper liberal from California has even more hyper young eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 year olds with their hyper green tree hugging Ocasio Cortez loving parents coming in and harassing her in DC, 85 years old. 
I think her fifth term in Senate. But she's not even liberal enough for people. So so they're going to they're they're appealing this but to try to make sure that the illegal people in America can continue to vote a judge strikes down the requirement that you must show an ID when you try to vote in North Carolina elections okay now let's say let's say that voter ID and these things get pushed through well the democrats aren't they're not just sitting around now i don't know if you know about this already but this one is just flat out dishonest it's unethical it is anti-american and it's how they're the 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 globalists the leftists want to supervent our constitution article here from daily caller possible 2020 contender eric holder says electoral college isn't real democracy real democracy what what does real democracy look like Real democracy is when the people, if they can get swayed emotionally, can agree to laws and agree on actions against the law and order of the country because there's a, a one million people, if 500,001 say yes, we should go and burn down the villages or if there's enough people that can that just can get angry enough, then everybody else will just kind of sit back and let it happen. So the Constitution was written to say, we know that pure democracy doesn't work because it's driven by emotion. And the minority can then sway to get to just to have enough of majority to totally upthrow everything, and then it negates everybody else that's in the country. So the founders said, no, um, we're actually going to put in place because we don't want to have a, a, a pure democracy. We're going to have a constitutional republic where people will have um, congressmen and senators and it'll be appropriated. But the Senate, each state will get the equal representation. That way they're not totally shut out of what's going on in the country because they have smaller populations. So we're going to go ahead and, and give everybody, you know, two House members. depends on population. So it is swayed a little bit that way, but we're going to make sure the Senate is balanced. And we're going to have the voting, the Electoral College. So to make sure that the smaller states are still going to have a say, then their delegates are going to be able, you know, to they're going to vote depending upon how the state decided. And then they're going to send the candidates. And then each state will have equal rep or will have representation and whoever gets the most electoral colleges votes will be the president. The pure democratic anarchists say, no, that's not right. We don't want the guys in Iowa or South Dakota or, or um, uh, North Dakota or up in these small states, insignificant states, flyover states, to be able to stop the country from what it really wants. So because if you get more popular vote, that's really what the the majority wanted which is ridiculous because most people you know not everybody's voting i think 40 percent 35 to 40 percent of people don't vote in federal elections but the ones that did vote well darn it they if there's one more vote nationally then it needs to override all the other states that voted for the other candidates so here is what's happening eric holder and this movement they want to, they're getting states 
to, and it's called the National Popular Vote dot, uh, dot com. It says that uh, th- what they want to do is they want to force the electoral college delegates in a state that it, that signs up for this. It mandates that they must cast their electoral college votes for whoever won the national popular vote, regardless of what the popular vote was in their state. So Eric Holder says a good reform measure to support change the electoral college by having a state's electoral votes go to the national popular vote winner, not the person who won the state. The candidate who gets the most votes nationally is elected. Real democracy. Well, here it is. NationalPopularVote.com. You've got uh, 12 states, Canada, and Colorado's just doing it. If they can get another, what? If they get another 70, 80, let's see, what did he say? This is from political, okay. Um, yeah, Democrat Tennessee Representative Steve Cohen introduced a measure in January that would add a constitutional amendment to abolish electoral college. Okay, if uh, if policy's plan goes through, Colorado will become the 12th state to become part of the National Populars Inter. It's called an interstate compact. But they need about I think 70 or 80 more, so they've just got to get a few more liberal states to come on board. And it says uh, right here, if enacted into law, 12 states with 172 electoral college votes. Okay, they need 98 more. Uh, electoral college states to, to sign on and, would, and that would be about 11 more that's underway and that means that means if it happened before 2020 if the voter ID laws are shot down or held up illegals can still vote people can still vote illegally multiple times in different states and nobody will catch them so that keeps this pocket in Florida and Virginia now says that ex that felons that have served their time can now vote. They've got their voting privileges back. So now you've got a million plus people in Florida that can vote again. So legals voting, ex felons or felons that now can been re, their rights have been reinstated, their voting rights even though the people said if you've hurt somebody you lose your privilege. And so while that's going on, then you have this movement to say, well, if if big enough states can go against like their dream would be a Texas, if Texas voted for President Trump in 2020, they could say, well, no, we we uh, we don't uh, we're not going to do that because we did a compact with the other states. And so delegates, when you go to vote, cast your electoral college votes, regardless if Texas voted for the president. All of you must vote your votes for the person with the highest popular count vote. So since the left won't let us fix the fraud in voting and they want to make sure then if they can shift everything over to the popular vote, you can see what happens. And this is actually has momentum. And I and I heard of Jeremy Hansen told me about it a few months ago. I didn't take it real serious, but. It's true. If you look up national popular vote, you need to keep your eye on this because they're getting they're getting traction here. And it's not good at all. Okay, so to finish up the show here. 
One of my biggest concerns for America is the college system, education system. If you go on campusreform.com, you're going to see all kinds of craziness that they're teaching at the colleges. You know, UK, University of Tennessee spent over $100,000 on sex week. Let's see. Um, this uh, one school says that to comparing caravan crisis to Nazi Germany, there's colleges doing that. You at, uh, UW, um, Wisconsin-Madison compares migrant crisis to Nazi Germany. Uh, let's see. Um, this college charges students to learn why Trump or sending DACA was wrong. Hmm, that's a, that's a good education. Hey, go, take this class because he was wrong. Unconscious bias tour asking students to check their bias by signing a pledge. On and on. You saw the guy get beat a hit in Berkeley for trying to recruit students. Uh, UC San Francisco tries to bridge diversity gap by shelling out millions. Uh, Emory College hosts a abortion is a moral good lecture. Uh, let's see. UNL professor vandalized GOP lawmaker sign F campus reform. Ivy League students push to liberate bathrooms. Uh, let's see. UC Berkeley employee elevated by violence against conservative students call police after build the wall banners torn down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me show you a video here. Okay. So the, this uh, the, this uh, campus reform, they've gone out to, this is from the Freedom Outpost, UCLA students signed petition that would put conservatives in concentration camps. Yes, you heard that right. This is not uncommon. They, they, when these groups go out to universities or Mark Dice goes and asks them simple questions, it, then you're, you just sit there and say, what you you have a th your your fourth year at Ivy League school and you don't know anything? You say Ocasio Cortez's Green Deal is great, and then when when we tell you about it, you say no. But you're running around saying you should vote for her because of the deal that you now say you don't agree with any of it. Well, here here's a short video um, of this girl goes out at UCLA. Not a small college, and she is going to ask. Um, she's going to ask him, "Would you sign this to put conservatives in camps if they do not want to agree with our progressive ideology?" So here we go. Let's see what the uh, let's see what the students say here. Okay, here's Acacia. I'm going to show you that in a second. UCLA, watch this. I'm Caitlin Bennett. But today, I'm going undercover as genitalia at UCLA to get students to sign this petition to put conservative students in re-education camps. They're only going to get something really positive care. out of these yeah, camps. Like, I'm not mad about this. I'm going to give this to the administration to let them know that people do support, um, you know, involuntary camps for... Um, Conservatives. I mean, FDR put people in camps. Yeah, but sensitivity training, I think, is okay, a so way of framing. Okay, so we kind of like hiding what we're really doing. Is that something that you would support on this campus to kind of bridge the gap between the two kind of stereotypes that we have? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much. And obviously, this is InfoWars. Maybe some type of hippie Californian plus raging SJW. 
I'm sure no matter how I'm dressed, people will agree to put Republicans on campus into re-education camps. So, you know what? Okay, I'm going to run out of time, but you got the point there. It's just this was this was actually Infowars, um, campus reform, and several other colleges do this or groups do this. But so UCLA, hey, um, the conservatives—they're not coming on board with our progressive ideas. So would you sign this so we could uh, require that if they don't, that they could be put in camps so they could be educated, change their views, and then once out, once they get on board with their ideas, we'll. Let them out. Well, I'm going to run out of time here, but here is another one that I want to show you. Okay. This is now picture this. Bar, uh, uh, Dianne Feinstein, been in the far left senator from California, a group of 10, 12-year-olds show up in her office with their parents, and they're trying to push the Ocasio-Cortez Green Deal that according to Breitbart, let me show you real quick, is going to cost, let's see, I think we're costing about $90 trillion. Let's see here. What would it cost? Uh, yeah, okay, here's from Breitbart. The analysis, actually, let me turn this one off here. The analysis is that the Green Deal would cost $93 trillion instead of, uh, let's see, Green Deal would cost $93 trillion, which would pay for 3.7 thousand border walls. Okay, well, $93 trillion. The parents take their kids. They march them over to Diane Feinstein's office because she knows that that's not realistic. She knows that that is not going to fly. Well, here is how this goes down. Well, there are reasons why I can't, because there's no way to pay for it. That's we have tons of money going to the military. Half of our, a lot of ours going to military. Well, I, I understand that. The United States government does a lot of things with the money, and they're important things. And you just can't go in and say, okay, we're going to take hundreds of millions from here and hundreds of millions from there. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. But of course our But you can have, I don't agree with what that resolution says. That's part of it. And we have done our, can you get a copy of the resolution? Yeah, it's coming. And let me just finish. I will give you a copy of what we do support. And you can take a look at it. And if you've got a problem with it, you can let me know. But I think it has a much better chance of passing than what this is because there is no way to pay for what it gets done so nothing will happen 
So you you be the judge. You take a look at it. We're gonna but get we have come copy. to a point where our earth is dying, literally, and it is gonna be a pricey and ambitious plan that is needed to deal with the magnitude of that issue. And so we're here asking you to vote yes on the resolution for the Green New Deal because that is the only that thing resolution that will not pass the Senate, and you can take that back to whoever sent you here Why and tell them because it doesn't have a single Republican vote and the Republicans control the United States Senate. So we are a minority on the Democratic side. So the key to good legislation is to tailor something that you write so that it can pass and you can get a step ahead. I've been doing this I've been in the Senate for over a quarter of a century, and I know what can pass, and I know what can't pass. And the key is to get something passed that puts us on the right foot, and we're able to deal with the problem that's happening, instead of something that won't get passed. But why does that stop you from voting yes? Because yeah. even if they vote, you can still well, vote can yes, still and it won't try. pass, and we can draft a new plan. Well, I may do that. One. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. Please vote but yes. it's not a good resolution. Can we? You know, I. I Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if is this put doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living yeah. with these consequences. The government and is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know for what's the interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. And, this is what. Okay, well, there you go. The, the left has created little monsters because the parents that are totally lost their minds, the AOC crowd is brainwashing their children to say, the world's ending in 12 years, help us, help us. And then they march into Feinstein's office, who's a far leftist, who I'm not a big fan of at all, and saying, you must, the world's coming to an end. And they, you know, it's funny, they talk about these, the, the Christians raising their children to fear God and to want morality. And, you know, they're instilling this fear. Well, look at look at these kids. Um, the world, 12 years, it's ending, and um, you got to do something. And then the mom's like, these are the faces of the people that are going to have to face the ramifications. What's going to happen in 12 years is we're going to be sitting here talking about, well, you remember when those kids that are now in their mid-20s that have been voting, and hopefully they didn't supervent the electoral college votes and then have the wackos like AOC running the country? <sighs> We have to force voter ID laws nationally. We have got to make sure that we do something about the universities. They are constantly brainwashing the children. And tomorrow on the show, I'm going to show you, uh, the first part of the show is going to be on exactly what are these, just a, a ton of videos. Okay, this group, men are bad, white people are bad, the United States is bad, um, Obama, or building a wall is bad, and and 
and and we the kids get student loans up to hundreds of thousands of dollars to be screwed up and try to destroy our country. And we got to fight back. It's serious stuff. So I do want to thank you for watching. This has been the informant. My name is Eric Thompson. You can get a hold of me, Eric at the dash the dash informant.com. But uh, make sure you stay on the range, watch other shows, download the app. But I'll see you guys tomorrow. And as always, it's up to us. We, the people, are MAGA, and we've got to make sure that America is great for generations to come. So take care of yourself. See you tomorrow.